whenever I find somebody, what I want is companionship, right? But at the end of the day, I want them to also have their own source of happiness. Like I don't want it to solely be me. That's a lot of pressure on me. That's also not probably healthy for them and vice versa. I don't want all my happiness to be in their court. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brown Girl Podcast. My name is Julie. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope your new year is off to a great start. We have a really fun and light episode today. We are talking about all things dating faux pas. So a few months ago, I had posted an Instagram story asking people to share things that would immediately make someone unattractive in a dating context. And we got a lot of responses. So we are talking through all of them today, or at least most of them today. And my guest is Sonia Patel. Here's our episode. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we have with us Sonia Patel. She is the host of the podcast called Your Big Sis. So I love having other podcast hosts on the show. So welcome, Sonia. Hi. I think this will be a really fun episode. So a few months ago, I had asked on Instagram, you know, hey, tell us things that immediately make someone less attractive, which I think we can chalk that up and call them dating icks. Uh, We're going to go through the list of various things that people had shared and submitted. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk through like our perspectives and share any stories and, you know, what we've learned along the way. So Sonia, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. My name is Sonia Patel. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's always amazing to see somebody else in the podcast space representing a brown girl. So love your page, love your content, love your podcast. Thank you. And yeah, I'm here in Austin, Texas. I have a podcast called Your Big Sis, just trying to boost confidence in women. Everything that I'm going through in my later 20s, I want it to kind of break barriers and realize we're all kind of struggling with the same things. Um, and just for women to not feel alone in anything that we go through. So yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Excited to go through these icks because I am single and in the dating world and it is tough out there. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you mentioned you're in your 20s. So tell us exactly how old you are. Yes, I'm 27. Um, So I've gone through my fair share of just dating, you know, guys not being ready to date or they're still hung up on their ex and A really big thing is when I moved to Austin three and a half years ago, I made it a point. I was like, I'm going to try and date. And I know it's really hard. We want them to come knocking on our door, but that doesn't happen. So you actually have to leave your house. And I was Mm -hmm. going on one date a week. And with that, I learned a lot about what I wanted and what I didn't want. I also learned in a potential partner what gives me the ick of things that I didn't know before. So I'm excited to kind of unpack that today. I love it. So you're 27. Mm -hmm. I'm 33. um, Have definitely also had my share of dating stories and things I've learned along the way. So you'll have two different perspectives. Someone someone who's in their 20s and someone who's in their 30s. Okay. So I try to group most of these in somewhat of a sensible way. But let's get into it. So the first one, this one we had a lot of responses on, was around smoking, vaping, seeing someone hold a vape pen or a vape cartridge. Mm -hmm. So I don't smoke and I don't vape. 
but I feel like it's so common. When I go outside, I feel like 30 to 40% of people that I physically see out and about are vaping. So let's talk about it. Is that a deal breaker for you? I think it is a big thing. Now, it's a lot of people say, oh, I use it as just a social thing. But like, we purposefully got away from cigarettes, yet vapes have become the new thing. And I don't really understand it. It's just, you look like a child when you have a vape in your hand and you constantly have to use it when you're out in public. And the way that people share it, like it's nobody's business. I just don't get it. And I don't understand it especially as a generation that's trying to focus more on their health and not have lung cancer and lung disease. I don't, mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Yeah, for sure. I would not want to date someone who vapes or smokes. Personally, I value health. I value longevity of life. I think it would be really hard for me to date someone who vapes or smokes. But I think like in terms of whether it's a deal breaker, like if they were so amazing and everything else about them lined up and vaping was the one thing I could see myself being okay exploring Mm -hmm. provided they have a plan or intention to stop also I'm speaking very hypothetically because I am in a happy relationship and my partner does not vape or smoke um but I do like what you said that like it's just so interesting how you know, our generation, our time has evolved so much and we've gotten away with smoking. But now people are going to e-cigarettes as an alternative. And it's still really unhealthy. I found a PubMed article that was published by the National Institute of Health, which is like the gold standard for peer-reviewed journals and articles. And I think there's just so much BS information out there, especially when it comes to health-related topics. So I feel like if you need a legitimate source of information on the internet, this is the place to go. But per this PubMed article, says e-cigarettes may expose users to chemicals and toxins such as formaldehyde, heavy metals, particulate matter, and flavoring chemicals at levels that have the potential to cause adverse health effects. And I also think it's interesting because I know so many people who are obsessed with like skincare Mm -hmm. and doing all of the things to look young. And these are the same people who are vaping. And I'm like, you know, vaping ages you, right? If you're doing all the things for skincare, but you're vaping, I'm telling you, you, you're doing it wrong because vaping will also contribute to premature aging. Yeah, it's not the move. And I've seen people who are who, again, only really do it in social settings. And then I have people my age and even older that have to have it and they have to have their little pods or cartilages and they'll die without it. And I'm like, at Mm -hmm. what age do you just grow out of that? I don't understand. Hey, podcast fam, I want to take a quick break to tell you about Pajama Sutra, a South Asian-owned loungewear brand on a mission to inspire women to lounge like a goddess. Pajama Sutra offers an exquisite range of loungewear that includes robes, caftans, rompers, pajamas, and matching mommy and me sets that bring luxury to your everyday life. All of their pieces are made of 100% cotton voil fabrics, block printed by hand, and free of harsh chemicals and dyes. Their robes are known for a fit and flare silhouette that flatters like a wrap dress, and it's no surprise that they were chosen as the official robe of the Miss Universe competition three years in a row. Pajama Sutra also carries these amazing, affordable, curated gift boxes filled with South Asian-inspired treasures for any occasion. Think bridesmaid proposal boxes, birthdays, anniversaries, and beyond. Discover their full collection at www.thepajamasutra.com or check the show notes for more details. Use promo code BGPODCAST for 15% off. And now back to our episode. So let's move on. The next one was, we had a handful of of similar ones. So being obnoxious or unkind to others around them, 
being rude. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lump this into the same category as being rude to wait staff because we had a yes. handful of responses for that as well. Yeah. I think that just comes at the kind of person they are. And it says a lot about your character. If you're rude to people that you don't even know or rude to wait staff or people that are of service to you, I think that's just so disrespectful and it says a lot about you as a person. So it's definitely like somebody I would not want to continue a relationship with or like maybe they're doing it and they don't even realize. And so like after having that conversation and being like, hey, I didn't really love how you spoke to them or you maybe could have handled that better. Do you not see the wrong in that? And they're like, no, like I'm always like I'm always right mentality. That's definitely a deal breaker for me. Mm hmm. So a few years ago, I was in a relationship and we went on this Europe trip together. So basically, I was on a work assignment abroad. I was in the UK. And so the guy that I was in a relationship with at the time, he was in the US. Uh, During that time, we agreed we would do a Europe trip together where he comes and visits and I take some time off work. Right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that (laughs) that relationship was so problematic for so many (laughs) reasons. I think just like from the beginning, I was seeing so many red flags, but I was continuing to ignore them because I was 20, 28-ish at that time. And I thought like, oh my gosh, my life is going to be over if I don't get married by 30. So I definitely found myself trying harder to make that relationship work, not because I wanted that relationship, but more so because I didn't want to go back to being single, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I don't have any regrets about that relationship because it made me a lot smarter and I have so much of a better sense of what I'm what I would tolerate what is acceptable to me what's not and I think sometimes you really have to put up with a lot of shit in order to really come out on the other side and a big thing is traveling with somebody you learn everything that tells you if that's your person or not just travel for sure one trip yes so we were at a restaurant and I think it was somewhere in Germany and it was like an empty restaurant There wasn't a lot of people, but for whatever reason, it was taking a long time for the server to come and serve us. And Mm -hmm. she was like this white German lady, me and this this guy were both Indian. And he was basically convinced that this lady was racist. And that's why she wasn't coming around to serve us. I don't really know if that's the case. I tend to give people the benefit of doubt because, you know, you don't really know what's going on in the back of a restaurant. She didn't say or do anything to make me feel that she was being racist. The only issue was that it was just taking a long time for us to get served, right? Which is not that uncommon when you're at a restaurant. So um, basically, long story short, he was incredibly rude to her, just so short, giving very like mean stares. And he didn't have to say anything to create this really awkward tense kind of energy and you know even when the waiter did come by she like I mean toward the end she knew that something was off and Mm -hmm. I remember when we were about to leave she looked at me she looks at him then she looks back at me like we make eye contact knowing that something was really off and then she looks back at him and asked like is everything okay and he just rolled his eyes and says no but said it with so much attitude and it was so painfully uncomfortable for me to watch I was so embarrassed I literally wanted to apologize to her so badly but Um, I didn't because one I I didn't have the courage to speak up to him at the time and it was toward the end of our trip and like I knew the relationship was going to be over and after this trip I knew we were going to be done but like we still had a few days left of that trip where we were going to be stuck together so I didn't want to bring it up because I knew if I brought it up 
to him, it was going to snowball into like another fight, you know? You're already preparing for the end. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that story was like my one and only experience personally seeing someone in a dating context being rude to a waiter and I I think if you're someone who's rude to waiters that's all you need to know about who they are as a person exactly like and to bounce off of that another thing specifically at restaurants is when somebody doesn't say please or thank you like if you know they come and they fill your water up without asking and you know you just naturally say thank you and you know okay can I have this please blah 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 This one guy didn't look up from his menu once, didn't acknowledge the waiter when he came to introduce himself, never said thank you, never said please. And it was just overall rude. Um, And then we went somewhere afterwards and same thing. And I was like, dude, where are your manners? Just like, did you say that to him? No, but I left and I never saw him again. But I was like, what is your deal? A hundred percent. And I always think about that, too, when you're walking into designer stores and they usually have someone at the door that's opening the door for you. Mm-hmm. I always make note when somebody doesn't say thank you to that person. Uh, I didn't um, think that, but that's true. Yeah. So this is kind of along the same lines, but someone submitted when someone speaks poorly of others. Okay. So I think that's a good one. I definitely think any kind of gossiping about other people is just like a huge turnoff. I realize I just shared a whole ass long story about an ex, but I think that's different because that's in the context of me that's you're recounting just events in a neutral manner and <laughs> reflecting on the lessons learned, right? And I honestly would have no problem confronting him or discussing this directly with him today if I needed to. Not that I would, yeah. but um, yeah, I think a general rule of thumb is if you're not able to say something directly to that person's face and you should really reevaluate why you're feeling that way and like what kind of insecurity that you may have to try to work through and overcome. I I generally find that like when people are talking about other people behind their back, I find that to be a huge red flag, whether it's in friendships or dating. For sure. And especially like girls, I feel like that goes the same for girls as well. If somebody is telling you something in confidence that you're going to keep that to yourself and you go and you're having lunch with somebody else and you're just bashing everything about them or, you know, you're just sharing things that are not yours to share in like a rude manner, I think it's just like, okay, if I told you something, are you going to do the same thing behind my back? So you just kind of look and see if somebody's gossiping and especially guys talking shit constantly and it's just not a good look. Like, whether it's a friend or not a friend, it's just not good behavior. A hundred percent. Yeah, I love this quote. What Susie says about Sally says more about Susie than it does about Sally. I haven't heard that, but that's solid advice. That's good, right? Okay, so this next one is not having any goals or ambitions. That's What do you think? Big. I am heavy on that. Simply because I'm an independent person, I have a ton of goals and a ton of ambitions. And what took me a really long time to understand is that when, whenever I find somebody, what I want is companionship, right? But at the end of the day, I want them to also have their own source of happiness because it's not like yes. I don't want it to solely be me. That's a lot of pressure on me. That's also not probably healthy for them. And vice versa, I don't want all my happiness to be in their court. Like I want to find my passion projects and other things like that. 
Like there has to be something that's not a person that gets you out of bed every day to just continue to be better. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, then I really don't have anything to share. We don't have the same things in common then. Right. There's definitely an incompatibility factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I think there's an element of dating within your own energy lane. That's really important. I think if you are someone who is really focused on personal growth and personal development, you're just not going to be compatible with someone who doesn't care about those things. Like inevitably, there's going to be a misalignment and it's not going to work. And I know I've dated people in the past who I knew like we weren't on the same page in terms of goals and ambitions. But at the time, I was naive and I wanted to, quote, give them a chance and be open minded. And I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe this could be enlightening or something. But no, it, it was I not sustainable. That. Like, it's I think because how you seek out your future and like what your aspirations and motivations are like, these are not just abstract ideas. They shape who you are. They shape your day to day. It shapes how you wake up and tackle the day and how you make decisions. It transcends into your mindset and your thought process. And it just makes up so much of who you are. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that alignment with goals and ambitions, it's not just a preference as much as it is a fundamental requirement in order to be compatible with each other. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be, you don't have to have your own business. It's just like, if you go to your nine to five and that ramps you up, then that's amazing. If you're passion is fitness and you're working towards goals for that or just being a healthier being like anything really that motivates you that you get excited about that's kind of what I'm looking for because I've dealt I've dated people that you know they do the bare minimum and everything that in mm-hmm. their life and that was their relationship the bare minimum so I'm like right okay I can't excel while I'm with you so moving on I like that you said it. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, you want to move up the corporate ladder or you're super entrepreneurial driven. It's just more about this sense of having some kind of passion and zeal for life and getting better and just making the most of life. Um, that's yeah, that that's really important. And you can't really be improving yourself if you are with someone who doesn't care and about those things, you know. 100%. I'm totally the kind of person that's you are who you surround yourself with. Mm. So if your partner is not as ambitious as you are, and I'm not saying you guys have to be both these head honchos and both have to be super extroverted, that you can also be super introverted and have these goals and not be so loud about it. But I mean, you kind of have to have some kind of drive, like you said, with anything. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, okay, so this one is the way that they chew. Okay, I've never, I've never paid attention. No, like, I can't say in a certain instant that I've been around somebody where I was like, despise their chewing. I've been around family members that like smack their food. It'll be dead quiet at the table and you just hear. And I'm like, bro, just close, close your mouth. That's it. That's all you have to do. Close your lips and you'll be fine. But I've never actually been on a date where their chewing pissed me off or that was an egg for me. Oh, my God. This is like your biggest pet peeves is when people chew with their mouth open. I dated someone once who had the worst eating habits. Like 
it was so bad. He would chew with his mouth open. I would cringe listening to him chew because it legitimately sounded like a cow chomping on grass. And then on top of that, okay, on top of that, he would eat like Chick-fil-A. This would happen while we were on FaceTime. Like he would eat Chick-fil-A and then dip his fingers into the Chick-fil-A sauce and then lick every single one of his fingers through the freaking FaceTime camera and then touch everything, touch the remote, touch the pen. I could not. Like it was so I'm mortified. Ew. I would go over there and I would have to wipe everything down. That's disgusting. I just would like want to gag watching this. Oh my god! Ew. Yeah. Wow. Um. Okay. Being extremely cheap. There was a few responses related to cheapness. Okay, I want to hear the responses first. No, that's what it was. Like I met like a few people who had submitted the same idea of being cheap. Okay, so there's a difference between being cheap and being like a money saver, penny pincher kind of thing. Oh, you think so? So if you say you're going on vacation and you know that maybe this certain trip, you're not going to be spending a ton of time in the hotel. You maybe have a little bit more of you want, you know, to stay at the nicer place. And they're like, oh, it really doesn't matter. We're not going to be in the hotel a lot. So they want to pick like a cheaper option. You have that. That's maybe more a little bit realistic. And then you have the people that are like, Okay, you know that you're going to Europe and their budget is $200. Like, that's not going to fall. Got it. You have both. And then if they're if they're planning a date and they're paying for it, I think possibly they have a say, then they should take the initiative and pick the place where you guys are going. That but fits within their budget. That fits within their budget. And, of course, you can't expect somebody that is budget-friendly to take you out to a three-Michelin-star restaurant. But... I don't know. I feel like at the beginning, you kind of, it's okay as long as they're taking the initiative and they're showing you that they're interested and they're really doing other things maybe. Mm -hmm. Then once you start dating and that just keeps going and they have no reason to be cheap, then I feel like there's that issue. Okay. So I think cheapness is definitely something that is unattractive to me. Like I think making somebody split a few at this stage of my life I think making somebody split a few dollars is very cheap like if you invite me to coffee for the first time like let's say this is like a date right and you invite me to coffee for this first time and you show up you stand in line you get yourself coffee and then sit down all on your own before I even have a chance to arrive (laughs) I will definitely chalk that up as you being cheap and that has happened to me before I think Venmo requesting anyone for a few dollars is it means you are very cheap. One of my girlfriends told me that one time her and two other people got into an Uber and it was literally like a four minute Uber ride. And the reason they couldn't walk was because there was like a freeway or a highway or something like that. And the guy literally Venmo requested like a dollar sixty seven or something like that. Like I remember she screenshotted it and showed me because I did not believe her. And I was like, are you serious? That would be an immediate turnoff. Like, I cannot even express to you how quickly I would lose my attractiveness. I mean, just the coffee, that's enough to turn me off. So my sister, last year, she went on a date. And I I think this was their second, second or third date. And they went to this place, more like bar food, 
So it wasn't super expensive. She didn't drink, but they split like a little quesadilla. Like, I think it was like a kid's mm-hmm. quesadilla. And he then requested her for that to split that kid's quesadilla. And then afterwards, when he was walking her to the car, he tried to like see her again and wanted to give her a kiss. And she was like, swerve. I'm never going to see you again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like any attractiveness she had for him just completely like evaded into thin air. Like, yeah. Um, I will say... So for a first date, I prefer not to go to a sit down dinner for a first date, especially I mean, if you're someone who I've like met on a dating app and we are complete strangers, I don't want to do a sit down dinner. Like I feel like a sit down dinner is, yeah, it's too much of a commitment in terms of time, in terms of money. A sit down dinner these days will easily be a minimum 150 bucks. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect a stranger to pay that for me. And I don't want to pay that either just to do a like I wouldn't want to pay 80 bucks just to do a vibe check for a vibe check i love that yeah like when you meet someone on the app y'all are still strangers like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even count until you actually meet in person and that's really when you get a sense of whether you can like really vibe with this person or not and so i don't think that you need to do anything that is like a sit down dinner for that you can go get coffee you can go for a walk on the park you can do so many other things that could cost less than i'm so about activities activities especially on the first date that tells me a lot about that person and if i can hang out with them for one activity and then i leave and i'm like wow i really want to see them again or that was so much fun i do want to see them again that tells that's something awesome anybody can sit down across from each other eating food and feed each other what they want to hear um But when you do an activity, you learn so much more about a person. Yeah. Well, so on the flip side is let's talk about being really flashy with your money. How do you feel about that? That is a huge turnoff for me. And it comes from the fact that like growing up, we were a very middle class family and both my parents worked super hard for their money. They taught us the value of a dollar. You know, we got our education. We were never just handed some Indian people. They just get handed hotel money. And that just mm-hmm. wasn't us. We had to work for things. We just know the value of a dollar. So I, you know, I'm not into materialistic things. And I just find it, especially when they have like, they want to show off their Gucci belts and, you know, pl- look at my car and they only talk about their car and all this stuff. And it's, it's one thing if, you know, you bought that on your own, you're really proud of it. I respect it. But the overness, the flashiness, the constantly mm-hmm. talking about money and the things that you can buy are like, oh, yeah, that's not a problem for me. Like, that shit turns me off so bad. Yeah, I for sure. I, I have definitely come across guys on dating apps who would have their Instagram profiles linked to their dating app profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen people with Instagram feeds where it's entirely like private chats, Rolexes, logo after logo. And to me, it it screams inauthenticity to me, and it just feels very ick. It's definitely insecure. If you have to show all that off, like the best people, especially the wealthiest people in the world, a lot of them are not show-offs. They don't, mm-hmm. when you're that rich, you don't have to do it. But when you're not really, or you and you feel like you have to, that's when it's all for show. Like if nobody was watching, like what does it, what does it do for you? Yeah, I remember coming across this quote, like, money talks, but wealth whispers. So Mm -hmm. what you just shared reminded me of that. Okay, so along the same lines, bragging. 
actually, I think we had a few responses on bragging. Bragging. So let's let's narrow it down to like bragging about accomplishments or their achievements. So this is kind of interesting because I do think so. We both live in Austin. I'm curious what your experiences has have been, especially in a dating context. I noticed with Austin is there's a lot of really smart people here, mm-hmm. but people are so much more relaxed here and they don't lead with their accomplishments and they don't lead with their achievements like in other cities like San Francisco or New York, where what you do and who you are is like what people really tie their identity to. And that's what they lead with in conversations. Yeah. So I I lived in Dallas for a couple of years and I will say Dallas and Austin is a huge difference in terms of how people are. Dallas is very much more uppity and your status is based on your profession and just kind of what you have and what you show. Um, whereas Austin, you're right. There are so many smart people that are like just the chillest of people. They're yeah. so much more relaxed and they don't feel the need to brag because, okay, they got it, whatever, and they move on. I also think that ties into self-awareness. Like if somebody's bragging so much, they really lack self-awareness to where the people around them are not as interested and they're like, okay, cool, wrap it up. And they keep going. They just don't, they don't get it. So that, yeah, yeah. that would be a turn off for me. I remember a few years ago, I was on the dating apps and I came across this guy on the app and Mm -hmm. on his profile, he had every accolade like Harvard grad, Princeton alum, ex-Google, ex-Amazon, ex-blah, blah, blah. blah, And that was like his entire profile. Save that for your resume, not a dating app. Right, exactly. Like I was like, this literally feels like your LinkedIn or something, but there was nothing about his interest, personality, nothing. And I remember seeing his photos and I, you know, I thought he was like an attractive person, but I did find it really off-putting his profile. Just the vibes I got were that he was like really full of himself. But, you know, this was like a few years ago. I was in my era of like, oh, let me just give everyone a chance. And so I was like, okay, you know, maybe I could give him the benefit of a doubt. Maybe he's a, he's actually a nice guy or whatever. So I swipe right and boom, we match because he had already swiped right on me. So when I swipe right on him, like I saw the instant match. Yeah. And he must have been online at the same time because within a few minutes, I got a message from him. Oh, gosh. And his first message, and I'm, I'm just coming off of this uneasy feeling of like, eh, I don't really like your profile. I was actually pretty turned off by it, but you're obviously mm-hmm. smart and you're good looking. So maybe there's a chance there's that a chance. like, yeah, maybe there's a chance that you could actually be like a cool person and this is something we can work through. Anyways, so his first message was, hey, Julie, what made you swipe right on me? And oh my God. Me- immediately I was like are you joking because I swiped right on him giving him the benefit of the doubt knowing that I had my reservations about he immediately proved you wrong proved you right exactly and I was like all you are doing right now by asking me why I swiped right on you is you are fishing for compliments you are fishing for validation you're fishing for me to tell you like oh blah 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 I'm so so impressed with your profile and all of your accomplishments it was just it was so gross I don't even remember what happened or if I even talked to the dude, but I just remember thinking I thought this guy was really full of himself from his profile. And then when he actually talked to me, he proved he proved that to me. And so that was it. It wasn't even like a, hey, Julie, like, nice to meet you. Like, how was your day? 
It was immediately initiating a conversation that centered around him, and it was just such a turnoff. That is, that's a big turnoff. And it feels like when they're bragging about their accomplishments, their accomplishments are their entire personality. So take that away. What are they have? What are they left with? Because they don't have yeah. a personality, apparently. Right. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's an ick. Yes. Bragging in general, like to that extent, especially in the context of like dating or like a social environment, like you're not interviewing for a job, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Anyways. Okay. So moving on to the next one. Ooh, this is a good one. History of infidelity. Ooh. So in the past, have talked to a guy that, and I didn't know at the time, but I was the side piece. And I had no idea that I was the side piece. And this man strung me along for the better part of two years. Um, and he lived in a different state. So it's not like I, you know, he was very private about, like, I knew his friends, but I wasn't close enough with his friends to, like, text him on the side or anything like that. I was also just doing my thing, you know, in college. And it was, I went there and we happened to be, me and the girlfriend happened to be at the same event. So I literally ran into her and that oh, was shit. just like the last straw and I cut him off. The other thing is if I was talking to somebody new and they told me that they had cheated in the past, I would just have all these reservations and I would constantly be on edge or feel like if they got away with it in the past, well, doesn't make them, mm -hmm. they might do it in the future. I don't know. I don't know them well enough. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that maybe we could talk through and I'd have to know everything and we right. would just have to talk through it. I think maybe I could get past it, but I'm not going to jump for it if it comes about. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I think I would have a really hard time with it. I would really need to understand in depth, like, why it happened, whether this is something that they grew from, how they grew from it, et cetera. So, you know, the, the phrase, once a cheater, always a cheater. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily buy into that. Yeah. I do believe that people can evolve and change and grow from their mistakes. Yeah. I do, however, buy into the idea of once a cheater, always a cheater with that person. So yes. with that same person. So if you've cheated on this person once before, that initial trust barrier has been broken. And usually when people cheat, it's because there is already something that is fundamentally broken in that in the foundation of that relationship like people who are genuinely happy and in love and committed in their relationships and partnerships are not going around cheating on their spouses and so or whoever their partners right and and so i think unless some serious deep work is done by both people to like really fix and resolve those things it's really hard to just you know build that trust back up and I think because of that the likelihood of cheating happening again within that same relationship is really high yeah and I feel like I've seen it from people that I've known I've seen like couples the guy was a cheater like cheated on her and then you know they got together now like he's a changed person and mind you I'm talking about mm -hmm. here's this person eight years ago and I totally believe people change and they re they refine their focus and what's really important to them. I think people can change. For sure. It's just that may also have to do with the people that they surrounded themselves with. I know that he hung out with like a terrible group in the past 
And now he has really good friends, good family. He's not ever going to mess anything up and I can like put my life on that. But I don't know when it comes to myself, it's something that I don't take lightly. And there's maybe there are plenty of other guys out there that this guy is not the one jumping for, you know? I feel you, sister. Okay, this next one, this one was a little interesting. So this person wrote, quote, drama mindset, making something small into something huge. I hate that. Automatic red flag. I'll hand you 12 red flags for that one. Okay, so here's why I think this is what this one is interesting, because I do think this is a bit more nuanced, because I think at like a surface level, 100%, this makes sense, right? Like most people would say, yeah, of course, I generally agree with that. This idea of there's no need to dramatize small inconveniences. Mm -hmm. And so the person that shared this, uh, I tried to challenge them to like provide a little bit more color to like what exactly they're referring to, because I do think oftentimes in relationships, when you're arguing about small, trivial things with your significant other, it's usually not about whatever it is that you're arguing about. No, there's always a deeper meaning. Yes. It's generally resulting from something much, much deeper. Like mm -hmm. if you're fighting about, I don't know, the, the type of cheese on your pizza or arguing about dishes, 95% of the time, it's not about the dishes. It's about yeah. something that has been building up for much longer and it's manifesting in these like small trivial ways. Agreed. Totally agree. And I, I also think it comes with age. Like a lot of guys that we knew probably in our early 20s, even mid 20s, super drama mindset. But I feel like now every guy that I know is so laid back and chill and nobody really starts drama anymore. But I don't think that's sure. just a generation thing or an age thing, people grow out of it. I don't know. I think people grow out of it. And then I also think like for me, I've definitely seen how I've just become smarter with the people that I surround myself with. So I just follow that gut initial feeling. Always follow your gut. Yeah, exactly. If I'm around somebody that just kind of gives me that feeling like I'm just not really getting a good vibe or good energy from them, like yeah. I generally will begin to distance myself. And so I, I haven't surrounded myself with people that are quote drama filled in mm -hmm. over 10 plus years in dramatic it has so much more to do with them of like they're unhappy somewhere and it's less about anybody that they're talking about yeah for sure for sure what about cussing is cussing an immediate ick for you so i will say i have the mouth of a sailor i cuss so much and and i so comfortable with my mom now. Thank God. She's like, great. I cuss around her and sometimes she'll be like, Sonia, cut it out. And I'm like, okay, you're right. I kind of catch myself. But for me, I always tell her it's just a form of expression. And like I dropped the F-bomb at least 200 times a day. It's just like who I am. And I, and I really have tried to reel it in. So that's not a, that's not a red flag to me. Cool if you cuss. We can work on it yeah. together. That might be something we can grow together with. But I'm a big cusser and I don't do it just to do it. Like it just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. I So I think for me, if it was someone who was like from a dating context, someone who's excessively swearing where every other sentence includes an F-bomb. Things like asking how your day is going and I feel like that's something that doesn't need an F-bomb. So to me, that would be off-putting. 
But I also swear here and there. Like, no, that's a valid point. You're totally in the right for this. I am. I'm definitely on the wrong side of this answer. <laughs> Why? Um, but I, I appreciate. I love the diversity of responses here. But like, I definitely will say the f word probably. I don't know five times in a day. You know, stub my toe or like, oh fuck, I forgot to save that file. I say it in that context. Um, I'm throwing. I honestly think I swear more to myself than I do mm-hmm. in conversation with people. Oh yeah, like if I'm at a lunch or dinner with, especially people that I don't know, I'm definitely not gonna drop the f bomb <laughs> and make you guys super uncomfortable. I I'm self aware enough, but the people that I'm around, I say it in every sentence, and it's something that I'm working towards. But for me, again, it's just a form of expression, and it it comes naturally. Okay, what about, okay, so there's a few that are kind of given, bad breath, mm-hmm. like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, hygiene all together, fix yourself, it's 2024, get your shit together. Oh, there I go. Again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody wrote stained teeth in parenthesis tobacco or coffee. So when I saw this, I became so self-conscious because I do drink a lot of coffee and I feel like my teeth are very stained. I'm mm-hmm. currently doing Invisalign, but when my Invisalign treatment is over, I will definitely be reverting to using my Crest White Strips yes. um, to whiten my teeth. I did that. I went through Invisalign two years ago, and a big thing was I noticed how yellow my teeth were simply because I drink, I drink black coffee with like a little bit of creamer every morning. And so I was like, okay, this is not looking good. I think maybe either somebody hasn't told them yet that they have yellow teeth or stained teeth. Maybe they just like when you start talking about it, maybe they'll notice themselves and take initiative to go get that looked at at the dentist or whatever. But maybe they'll listen to this episode and then if you're listening, go check the mirror out and see if you need to go get your teeth whitened. Yeah, I have one that I really wanted to talk about because this one really pissed me off in my last little situationship is when they're trying to make me jealous by mentioning other girls or if they keep telling stories and they mention multiple girls to like get a rise out of me or something, that Mm -hmm. pisses me off more than anything. To me, that just feels really childish. Mm -hmm. It feels childish and it feels immature. Like, why? It's the worst even when they're in their 30s and they're telling me that and I'm like, what what is the point of this story? Also because... I could go down a rabbit hole and tell you all about my past things, but I'm not going to do that because I'm looking at this as a clean slate and a different relationship. So why would I keep mentioning things from the past? Right, right. Yeah. Unless you're not over it. So that's a nick for me. Mm -hmm. I think we just have a few more and then we should be able to wrap up. We're like doing good on time. So interrupting conversations all the time. I will say that I may be guilty of this, but it's usually... (laughs) usually out of excitement I'm trying to be better about it but I'm someone who especially in conversation with people like I get so excited and therefore I just can't help myself and it it manifests into me interrupting and then I have to be like oh my god I'm so sorry but I am trying to work on that yes I think also being a podcaster I've definitely developed these skills because with my old co-host Neha we would talk on top of each other all the time And then we would look back and listen and be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that then. Or like, maybe I should just wait. Or when is the right time to butt in? And then I use that in my personal life. When I'm talking to somebody, I'm just, I have to like physically zip my lips shut, let them finish their thought. And then I can say it. But you're right. I do it out of excitement. 
And then also because I'm already thinking of what I'm going to say. And if I don't say it, I'll forget. But again, we're trying to yeah. be better at that. <laughs> yeah, I will say the podcasting has definitely helped me learn that skill better, like just letting people finish their sentences. So what helps me is when I'm podcasting, I usually have a notepad. And so if someone says something that's interesting, that peaks that I know I want to follow up on, I'll just make note of it. So that way when they're done, I can I have reference to go back to it. So that's something that's helped me in terms of podcasting. I like that. Okay, last one is not being confident. I think Okay, I have that one. That was last on my list too. So I think confidence is really attractive. I think not being confident is not attractive. I think, you know, at this stage of my life, like I am looking for someone who is going to be a provider and part of that, you know, part of fitting, yes, part of fitting that role is being confident and having a sense of assurance and a strong sense of self and stability. Yeah. And I, for me... For a long time, I would, I'm such a confident person and a very extroverted person. And so I was always attracted to somebody who wasn't. I loved like the quieter guys and, you know, all that jazz until I would start dating them. And, you know, I'm confident in every aspect of my life. And then when it came to dating, he wouldn't like, he wasn't confident enough to take initiative and like the little things like, planning something he'd always you know well what do you want or blah blah blah. I'm like dude just just do it I'm tired of planning or like little things like holding my hand or you know affection I'm like I cannot be the one that's leading this like I need a man to take charge and be confident in that and it's totally okay if we're nervous if you're nervous at the beginning but at least like you know by the second date and we're getting to know each other like, I want you to roast me and I want it to be a fun friendship, not or a relationship, not like me tell you what to do. I hate that. For sure. For sure. PSA to men like we women want you to take initiative. Women want you to take charge and just do it. You don't need to timidly ask us for our opinion on like every trivial thing. Just just do it. Just plan it. Just take the initiative it will 100% work out in your favor. And if we don't like it, I promise you we have no problem in telling you that we don't like it and maybe not do that again. Yeah, I love it. Well, this was really fun, Sonia. Is it Sonia or Sonia? Because I know I said Sonia at the beginning. Oh, no. It's spelled with an O. It's Sonia. My mom calls me Sonia, but I do have friends. When they say Sonia, I'll turn around and be like, okay, I know who that is. So whatever your (laughs) preference is, I'm down. Okay. Well, Sonia, this was so fun. Um, I'm glad that we got to do this. We'll have to actually meet up in person since yes. we both are in Austin. But tell people where they can find you on Instagram. Tell people how they can find your podcast. We'll yeah. it in the show notes. So my podcast is your big sis underscore podcast. And then uh, my personal Instagram is Sonia.patel. You can find um, my podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, I believe. So take a look. And I'm so happy to be here because finally, like we've been talking about this for a while, and I'm really excited to meet you in person. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. You can also connect with us on Instagram at thebrongirl underscore podcast and all other social media platforms listed in the show notes. Thank you again. I appreciate you being here.